neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 15 and verse 1, and we hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. in the 15th chapter of the book of Revelation tonight. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn there. Revelation chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. John said, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Now, the words great and marvelous there in that verse, um, that is the one and only time, well, not the one and only time, but uh, you can also see it used in verse 3 there of that same chapter. But it's the only time that these two words are used in the New Testament. Those two words together, great and marvelous. And the uh, reason for that is that it's there to stress to us the significance about what is going to happen um, here. It is the outpouring of God's wrath upon the kingdom of the Antichrist. And it's going to be the worst of all the judgments that have come up to this point. And following those judgments will be the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is going to be the most marvelous thing the world has ever known. When the creator of this world, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, actually sets his feet upon this planet and takes charge of this planet. It's going to be a marvelous thing, folks. And when he comes back, that's going to usher in the millennium, a thousand-year reign of Christ. And we're all going to be a part of that. Amen. Glory to God. Turn to uh, Exodus chapter 34 in your Bibles. Exodus 34. Now, these last seven judgments will be the fulfillment of a covenant that God made with Israel shortly after their deliverance from Egypt. And in Exodus 34, if you look down at verse 10, And he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels. Notice the terminology. He said, I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth nor in any nation, 
and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Now, John saw seven angels with the seven last plagues. So far, during the tribulation period, we have seen the seven seal judgments, the seven trumpet judgments, and now we're fixing to study about the seven vile judgments, and like I said, they're going to be the worst ones of all. And the reason for all of these judgments is because sin has to be judged. And there are seven Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. The word seven, the number seven, is used in the book of Revelation 54 times. The number seven is God's number for completion, perfection, and universality. God's judgments are complete, perfect, and universal. There's going to be some terrible things that come upon this planet because of sin. And the sad thing about it is, folks, it doesn't have to be. Because when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, he took upon himself all the judgment for sin that would ever be needed. Do you believe that? Jesus took all the judgment for sin that would ever be needed. And all man has to do is believe. Believe in what Jesus did on the cross, and that's, that settles the sin issue. But the problem is, man will not believe. After 2,000 years of preaching this message, there are men who will not believe believe and what Jesus did on Calvary when he said it is finished in essence he was saying it is complete when Jesus rose from the grave that proved that it was perfect his life was perfect had he sinned as much as one time he wouldn't have come out of the grave so what he did was a finished work a complete work and it was a perfect work. And then after he rose from the grave, he told the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that tells us that it is universal. It's for anybody. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. But man won't believe. And that is the worst sin of all when you get right down to it. There are more people tonight in hell because of the sin of rejecting Christ more than anything else. There are more people in hell tonight because of rejecting Christ than anything else. As bad as drinking is, gambling, homosexuality, adultery, stealing, as bad as all of these sins are and, and thousands more that I could stand here and name tonight, the one sin that will send people to hell faster than anything else is rejecting God's salvation plan. You can be forgiven of adultery. 
You can be forgiven of stealing. You can be forgiven of any of those things if you'll just go to the Lord and ask Him. But you have to believe in what Jesus did in order to receive that forgiveness. And there are more people in hell tonight because they've rejected Jesus Christ. And Israel rejected Jesus Christ. That was their greatest sin. Do you realize tonight that when Jesus came to Israel, had they accepted Jesus as their Messiah, the millennium would have started right then? Did you realize that? You see, John the Baptist came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You can't have a kingdom unless you have a king. And it wasn't too many days after that he announced the king. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. You can't have a kingdom without a king. But Israel rejected their king. And they had him to stand before Pilate. And Pilate asked him, said, what shall I do with your king? And they told Pilate, we have no king but Caesar. Let his blood be on us and on our children. And Caesar has been a hard taskmaster to Israel from that day until now. And that was Israel's greatest sin, was rejecting Christ. And you say, well, had Israel accepted Jesus as their king, wouldn't that have kept Jesus from going to the cross? No. Jesus had to go to the cross either way in order to pay the sin debt of mankind. You see, if Israel had a said, this is our Messiah, this is our king, Soon as Rome got word of that, they would have sent soldiers in there and they would have considered that as a rebellion and they'd have gone in there, they'd have got Jesus and they'd have crucified Jesus. And then when Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, he would have started the millennium right then because Israel accepted him. Jesus, it all could have started back then. Behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. But Israel rejected Jesus Christ, and therefore rejecting the kingdom that he offered. And that's the other reason for all the judgments that are coming here in the book of Revelation, is to bring Israel back to God. The seven seal judgments, the seven trumpet judgments, and now these seven last plagues, which are going to be the worst of all, because they're filled up with the wrath of God. God is angry. God's done everything that he can do to save mankind. He sent his only son into this world to die for our sins. He's had the church to preach this message for the past 2,000 years. When the rapture takes place, that's going to speak volumes to this world that there is a God. Although man will explain it away in whatever the case, but... God's even going to send angels during the tribulation period. One of them's going to be preaching the gospel 
It'll be visible. The whole world's going to see it and hear the gospel. There'll be other angels warning men about other things that'll be going on. And folks, men will still reject God's salvation plan. And God is angry. And sin has to be judged. And at this point in time, at the tribulation period, God pulls off the gloves. And we're about to see the raw, naked power of Almighty God in people. It ain't a pretty thing when you get right down to it. God's had enough, and His wrath is full. Look at verse 2, Revelation 15 and verse 2. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Now this is the same sea of glass that John saw in Revelation 4 and verse 6. The only difference is the sea of glass that John saw in Revelation 4 and 6 was clear as crystal. But now this sea is mingled with fire. Fire is a type of the judgment of God. At the time that John saw the sea of glass back in Revelation 4 and 6, it was clear as crystal. There were no judgments at that time. But since that time and up to where we're reading now in the 15th chapter of Revelation, there have been seven seal judgments and seven trumpet judgments. And like I said, judgment is symbolized by fire. Therefore, we have this crystal sea that's mingled with fire. Well, this sea of glass that is uh, mingled with fire. And you have this group of people standing on this glassy sea of fire. That brings me to a question. A question that maybe some of you have wondered about. Do the people in heaven know what's going on back here on earth? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever wondered about that? My thinking is they know more about what's going on than we do. Because the Bible says now we look through a glass darkly, but then we'll know more about it because we'll be over on the other side. I think they'll know more about it. Well, then the next question is, well, if they know what's going on back here, well, won't they feel sad knowing that their loved ones have been left behind and they're having to go through all of this judgment? I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it when you get down to it. First of all, you've got to understand, I don't think our emotions will be in heaven like they are now, simply because right now we're in a physical body, and this body does not function and operate as God originally intended for it to work. Our emotions are all over the place, and sometimes we feel like a nut, and sometimes we don't, and uh, sometimes you get up in the morning, and you feel like you're saved, and Sometimes you get up and you feel like you're hanging on a rotten string over the pit of hell. 
So, uh, you know, we don't live by what we feel. We live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So our emotions are all over the place, and it's because we're in these physical bodies. But when we get on the other side, we're going to lay this body down, and the old things will be passed away. When we get over there, when the trump of God sounds, we're going to have a glorified body. So things are going to be a lot different uh, there than is here. But uh, if you'll look at Revelation 21 and verse 4, flip over a few chapters there. I want to show you something here. I think there's going to be some type of emotion felt. The Bible says in Revelation 21 and verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And my question is, how can God wipe away tears that are not there? Have you ever thought about that? Unless this particular passage means that God is going to wipe away all the things that causes the tears. Because if you read the rest of that verse, it says, There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. The former things, as we once knew it, uh, is going to be gone. We're going to have a glorified body at that time. I don't know what that's going to be like. On, on, only the Lord knows what that is going to be like, I guess as the old song says, we'll understand it better by and by. But uh, you've got this group of people that are standing on this fiery sea of glass. And if you look back in Revelation 15 and verse 2, the Bible says, And they had gotten the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name. Now, these are individuals who would not worship the Antichrist, nor would they take the mark. And because of that, they were killed. And uh, you remember back in Revelation 13, uh, the false prophet was trying to cause everyone to worship the image of the beast. And then those that did not, they would be killed. And these are individuals that are now in heaven... Because they had gotten the victory. Not because they didn't take the mark. Okay? You don't get to heaven by what you do. You don't get to heaven by what you don't do. You get to heaven by what you believe. And these people are standing on that fiery sea of glass at this point in time. Because they had gotten the victory. Understand that. It plainly tells you there. They had gotten the victory. And there's only one victory, folks, and that's victory in Christ and what he did on the cross. The moment you put your faith in that, you've got victory. Because the moment you place your faith in Christ and what he did on the cross, that gives the Holy Spirit the legal right to come into your heart and life. Bind up the sin nature and start dealing with you and cleaning you up and making you into what you ought to be. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And, you know, we sing the song, Old Victory in Jesus. 
And there is power, power, wondrous working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And like I said, Jesus said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And the only way that these people could resist the Antichrist and refuse to take the mark is because they had the power of the Holy Spirit working within their hearts and lives. I want you to think about this for just a minute. You're given an option to either take the mark or have your head chopped off. I mean, there, there, there's your option. You're bound to believe something mighty strong to go for the head chopping. Hello? There's people over there in Iraq right now that are having their heads chopped off because they will not reject Jesus Christ and turn to be a Muslim. It's happening all the time, folks. In the Great Tribulation period, that's going to be your two choices. You either take the mark of the beast. I don't know how they're going to kill you. There ain't no telling how, what it'll be. Uh, many say that it'll be uh, the guillotine. And, I mean, when you're standing there in line, you might, you might say, well, Brother James, I, I, think, I think I'd be all right if I was given that option. Well, you stand there and watch the guy in front of you get his head chopped off, you might change your, your thoughts a little bit. I guess that's a question for all of us tonight. How strong is your faith? If it really came down to it, what would you do? Is your faith that strong if you were given that option tonight? If a bunch of Muslims come in here tonight and lock the doors and there was no way you could call out for help and they grabbed it and reject Christ, nope. The first couple heads hit the floor, y'all, you're going you're gonna to be, you, how many of you would be changing your tune? Mm. Something to think about. And I'm going to say something else about that. If the Muslims keep coming over here and doing what they're doing, the day may come when we see that, if something's not done about it. At any rate, I believe that these people heard the message of the angels remember back in the 14th chapter of the book of revelation god sent the angel preaching the everlasting gospel to all the world and then immediately following that we had the other angel warning men about taking the mark these are people that i believe they heard the gospel they believed it and then when they heard the message about taking the mark, they believed that too. And when it came, came time for them to take the mark or get a head chopping, they chose the head chopping. And buddy, you got to have some strong faith for that. You've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit working in your heart and life to, to be able to do that. Now... Because of their faith, they escaped the wrath of God. 
I want you to notice something here for just a minute. Under the uh, seven seal judgments, in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, we see a great multitude of people standing before the throne of God. Under the trumpet judgments in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1, we see another group of people, the 144,000 Jews, and they're standing with the Lord. And now we see under the seven vile jump, uh, judgments this group here. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9, the Bible says, God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, that whether we are alive or dead, we should live together with him. And my point is this. You have these groups of people with the Lord in heaven before these judgments take place. And I believe there's one other group that's going to be with the Lord before the tribulation period begins. And that's the church. Because I believe the rapture of the church is going to take place before any of that begins. Because the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9, God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that the rapture of the church is closer than any of us know. It could take place at any moment. At any time, are you ready? If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.